Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. It is well known that anxiety is reaching a breaking point amongst young people, particularly in Ireland, and probably among young people all over the Western world. And there are many reasons for this. Social media, probably one of the main ones, and the aftereffects, of course, of the pandemic, a rise in consumerism and a decline in the community. But while we may not agree on the exact cause, it is most like, uh, I suppose, most likely a combination of all of the above factors. And the results are clear. On one end of the scale, young people are lacking social skills and confidence. And on the other end of the scale, young people are engaging in dangerous antisocial behaviour and falling into addiction. But they're all just crying out for help of some description. And that's where a psychotherapist comes in. And I'm happy to be joined by Catherine Noonan, who is a psychotherapist and based in Dublin. Catherine, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Catherine, Great. anxiety is something that, it, it does affect all of us, doesn't it, at some point? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what, it's a kind of like a buzzword down in the last couple of years. And what is anxiety? It's just fear, worry, stress. It's all them, like horrible feelings that we all have experienced in one shape or form in any ways, do you know? And is, it, is there a trigger for anxiety or can it just come out of the blue? Like, I've often had those days. Do you know those days when you're worried about something but you don't even know what you're worried about? Absolutely. Well, do you know what? To be honest with you, when you think of an adolescent, adolescent is like, it's a time of emotional, physical, social change. It's huge. And even change in itself, nobody even likes change. You know, mm. so for when people are saying, oh, it's a big thing with the adolescents, I totally agree, because as you listed out loads of stuff beforehand as well, there's so many factors that are coming into it. It's like it's 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 all of the above and probably just one thing for one person, you know. So see the way you, you said that just came on to you once. You could have been just going, oh, God, I'm, I'm nervous about something or the top the change of, some, of this thing because it's all the unknown kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there's no really one right answer, if I'm honest with you, because there could be so many reasons. I'm one of those it. people who hates change, by the way. I like stability. And I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I hate change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and that's why I, end up, I know, end up staying in radio stations for 14 and 15 years at a time because I just don't like change, even though I get offered yeah. other stuff, because it's easier yeah. just to do what you do best, isn't it, I suppose? But but for young people, sorry for interrupting you, but for the young people, I mean, we talk about social media, all the different things that they have nowadays. Consumerism, of course, is common. Uh, The pandemic, of course, I'm sure caused a lot of problems for people. But are we saying that when I was young and when I was a teenager, we had less to worry about? But are young people less capable of dealing with day-to-day problems, stress, unfortunately bullying or whatever it happens to be? Are they less capable of dealing with it? Because we know they don't socially interact as much as we used to when we were young. But are they less yeah. capable of dealing with it than we were? Yeah, I think so. I really, it's it's the skills they're lacking in communication. Because like even everything's on social media, the phones, the texts and stuff. And even in that, you can hide so much behind, say, a photograph that you put up or even through a text message that they're saying to a friend instead of saying actually not feeling okay because you can actually tell by somebody if you're face to face to somebody mm-hmm. you know so there it's that disconnection I feel what's happening with the um, with the youth today to be honest with you you know and it was huge that factor of the the COVID was it was detrimental to their development to be honest with you you know it was. Like we, of course and to all of us like to all of us in some shape or form but at that age where you're developing all them social skills 
they were robbed of a lot of stuff, really. Do you know, we and that for me, that group was huge. That that was affected, to be honest with you, in them times. And do you think I, I I think a lot of the kind of that that age of eighteen years of age where you go out and find the world, meet a girl, go to a nightclub, have the drinks, have the crack, they lost yeah. out on that for two years. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there was loads of landmarks that they missed out with their graduations, even some of them on their junior cert. Um, my own son was doing transition year, which would have been a great opportunity to grow, getting social skills in workplaces and getting confidence in places that he would have grown while he was walking in these places. And they lost out and all that as well, you know. So there was loads that was happening for them then, to be honest with you, you know. But yes, yeah, social media is a huge factor as well for them. Oh, my God. The whole comparing to other people on social media and then they're not happy with themselves even the likes of the girls even that and I'm going to say the girls but just the fellas as well they're all doing the tans and the, the bodybuilding and the girls are getting the injections and stuff and it's all fake stuff it's all like body image yeah, that they're that, comparing yeah. themselves all the time you know and, and they'll put a picture up you know of themselves pouting or whatever it is they do normally these young yeah. people and and they get a million comments saying you look great you look great you look great love you look great and then they get one yeah. comment saying you look a bit fat and all of a sudden, yeah. their life is over because that one person Absolutely. has said that. Yeah. it's a, And you see, that's how they're building themselves up to be seen in the world by other people's opinion. So instead of us saying to ourselves, actually, I look all right. Or do you know, do you remember years ago when we were going out to this? So you would like, I know I, the makeup thing wasn't even a big thing. And your mum would say, you look gorgeous. Like, thanks, Matt, out the door. You knew you were gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing. She was the only one that really saw you going out or your sister, maybe your brother or something. You didn't yeah. you didn't put it up on social media to be affirmed by a hundred people or two hundred people. It was just yeah. the people in the house. Once they were happy, you exactly. were grand. And that's the truth. So the, the youth today is kind of like um seeing themselves and other people's opinions. Mm. You know? So sad, and, like, isn't it? That, it is sad and it's the way that it's the way that kind of being reared in a way. And like that, it's like watching how old the kids are when they get phones because then they're like on the social media, they're on the Snapchat, they're and then, then you have the bullying coming into that. It doesn't go just in the classroom or on the streets. It's on social media as well. So it, I think it, 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 it's, it's destroying them, if I'm honest with you. I don't know about you if you have children, but if you give a child a phone, their behaviour changes. Oh, of course. Take it off them. Yeah. And, and so it's, oh, it's like taking so drugs different. away from them. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it is addictive. It is. Because their, phone, their brain, it's like the... Um, the wires of their brain is like just trained to be focused on one thing. So it's and then even the games, the buzz they're getting, they're getting they're getting actually addicted even to them feeling. So it is addictive. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I could probably live with the games because at least they're not interacting with too many people. They're just interacting with the screen. But when they're interacting with other human beings, uh, young yeah. people, it puts an awful lot of social pressure on them. So when people come to see you, I know you have your own practice base in Dublin, and you work yeah. with teenagers and adults as well. But I mean, are they, um, what's the, the kind of typical teenager you're coming? Are they coming with drink problems, drug problems, social media problems? Are they being bullied? What's the kind of main thing they're coming to you with? Yeah, well, you see, I work in a drug rehabilitation centre, so when I'm there, obviously it's it's all drugs with the with the youth. It's very, it's very. They'll come in sometimes saying it's alcohol, but it's all drugs in the background. But in my own private practice, um. It's all self-confidence. It's all self-confidence and them just not being able to be dealing with their emotions, not being able to connect and say, this is how I'm actually feeling, you know? So, but I think that's what kind of spirals into a lot of lads or a lot of uh, young women that don't be able to do that. And then they end up going on drugs because 
they're suppressing them feelings and then they're they're enjoying them being numbed out and they get addicted to that feeling and then now all of a sudden they're um they're addicted to the substance, you know. So it's it, it's. And what do you say no, to a parent? Like you know, I'm, I'm assuming there's telltale signs. But what what do you yeah. say to a parent who say has a 14 or a 15 year old daughter or son, and they feel they're kind of on the phone too much and they're gone too quiet and you even daren't even take the phone off them or look at the phone and and they're having a conniption. Well, like, why do you yeah. why do you say if you get if you're starting to get concerned that it's it's becoming a problem for them or it's creating anxiety? Yeah, well, for a parent, I'm a parent myself and I have teenagers and stuff. It's just all about compromise. Because when you think about it, like their phone is whatever's on that phone is their world right now. You take that off them, you're taking the whole world off. So obviously, there's going to be murder in the house. They're going to rebel. They're going to, all they're going to be is just angry at you because you've just taken everything that they love and now off them. So it's like compromising. Okay, if you want to be on that, so show us what you're doing or, you know, like make it like a normal thing that we can talk about because when parents shy away from it, then then the the conversations aren't being had. Show us and tell us what you're on. Show us what's real important on your phone and let's have time to like put the phone down and have conversations. So there's always a compromise. If you need to be on your phone to check in with your pals, I get it. But then let's talk about your day. Do you know that kind of way? Let's talk and about what's look, behind the phone. And should parents look at their phones? Well, it depends on the age group. But to be honest with you, if I have a concern and I'm a parent myself, I would say, look, just please show me. I don't have a good feeling. And if they want to fight with me over it and we fall out, or at least I'll feel better that I've checked. So I, the answer and what's the, what's, I always this is always a battle. for My kids are all grown up now. Uh, they're all in their twenties, but it's always a battle for parents. At what point do they deserve privacy? In other words, yeah. you know, is it okay, say, for a fifteen-year-old or a fourteen-year-old or a thirteen-year-old to, to say, "Give me your phone, please. I want to have a look at it. I'm a bit worried about something. Can I have your phone, please?" Yeah. Well, at what point? And I want your password as well. <laughs> Someone who's without the yeah. password. At what point is it okay to do that, or at what point do they deserve to have the privacy where you they know you're not going to look at their phone? Well, it's all got to do with trust, isn't it? With them, like you, it's it's the same as your trust when going out. You have to know that you're trusting them and they're being trusted. You know, like my my uh, middle child, he is eleven, and I have like a phone thing and like it's a parent lock on it as well. So when he gets to say sixteen, like my eldest son was, you take the parent lock off and you have to like give a bit of trust as well. You know, but I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't know about you, you always notice in their behaviours that something's not right in any way. Yeah. And if their behaviours is changing, of course you can question it, and of course you can say, look, I have a concern, and I just need to see if everything's all right. I would rather do that than not. Do you know okay, what I mean? I, I get the impression for me then sixteen, you believe is the age where at that point you've got to let them kind of do and make their own mistakes. I think so. I feel like that's, it's like you're 16 and you're coming towards the 18 mark that you're trying to be responsible. You're trying to be, show that I can be trusted kind of thing. So you have to always compromise to know that you're, you're trying to be at their level, but also you're the parent also. Do you know, that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. So drugs, of course, is a big problem in society. It's more, more of a problem yeah. now than alcohol ever was, uh, particularly Probably, cocaine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of that, too, by the way, is to do with the cost factor, too. It's probably cheaper for kids to buy cocaine than it is to buy alcohol, which is sh- shocking. Um, but yeah. is that something you're seeing quite a lot of now with young teenagers? Oh and what age groups? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. In the last year, it's getting younger and younger. Well, we only take from 18 up. But we probably have about 10, 18-year-old lads in uh, drug rehab at this moment in time. And they have, it's more than coke. It's, they're going from coke to crack to... That they started off with the hash, you know, yep, yep. and 
and then the the worry of all that then is that they get into a drug debt and then they're selling it just to pay the debts and the families in stress trying to pay it then because it's at the door. So it's it's huge. It's a pandemic in itself, to be honest with you. Yeah, the no, drug it is. Um, it with is. the adolescents, that's the truth. I mean, there's more dangers out there for parents with their kids than there ever was before. My parents, the least, you know, drugs were not a worry. Well, the worst thing they ever had to worry about was me doing a, you know, smoking a bit of weed when I was 18 years yeah. of age. That was the worst they had yeah. ever had to worry. We didn't, we didn't kind know. of have this kind of problem that they have now. Or maybe I just didn't no. see it. I don't know. Um, you know, you're yeah, right, because it's getting, it is getting worse. And, you know, I, 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 the families, me heart always goes out to people. You can see the relief in their face when they're in rehab because they're getting a break from it as well because it gets that bad. But it can get that bad so quickly because the drugs are hard. It's not like, even like you said, a bit of weed. It is, if they smoke there, you can tell them to stop. They can stop, you know, that kind yeah, of way yeah. where these are real hard drugs that are going on, which is scary. And, and the drugs, of course, coming back to anxiety, the drugs create more anxiety in them as well, as well as the social oh, media and everything else. Yeah, well, I, there's one lad in particular that's just popping into your mind while you say that. And like that, he comes across as the tough guy and the hard guy and stuff. And you sit with him and he tells you, like, your job, your job you on the floor when he's telling you the amount of drugs he's actually taking. And underneath it, he's just full of anxiety trying to fit in in the world. But nobody sees that. You just see that he's this tough guy and he's, he's, he's the name scumbags, all these names that people would say, you know. Yeah. But he's actually genuinely a nice guy that's just been struggling to fit in all his life. And all these factors are all behind us all the time that nobody sees and thinks of. And do the rehabs work? Because I remember reading stats about rehab now for adults uh, going mm. back a while ago that, you know, 80% of people uh, don't even bother finishing the course. And the ones that do finish the course, you know, another 50 or 60% of them, I don't know the exact figures, go back out of the street yeah. and go back on drugs again. So are the rehab systems that we're using and the, and the way we're using, are we doing it right or could we be doing it better? Well, to be honest with you, the system in itself is amazing. And if you want to change and you want to get better, there's so many successful stories that I hear that make it worthwhile. But of course, there's always that percentage that they don't make it because they're just not ready or they just can't, they just they just don't want it. Do you know, the reality of getting clean and sober is more scary than just staying on drugs and in a different reality altogether, do you know? But I think as we're talking about the adolescents, if we focus on the adolescents now and get the help for them now, it's the adults that don't, then you don't have to worry about helping getting the adults rehab and help, you know? So yeah. if we can get it right now with the adolescents, I, there's, there's men in their 30s and 40s that they're going to rehab about four or five times. Like, that's all their life, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And they're on drugs since they're teenagers, you know? So, and when it comes to all social problems, including antisocial and dangerous antisocial behaviour, nipping that at the bud at an early age, we saw what we saw in the videos in Ballyfermot there during the year in Cherry Orchard. And these are kids yeah. at 12 and 13 who are essentially have become wild because they're seeing Absolutely. their peers doing it and they feel it's okay. Yeah. And maybe it's bad guidance. I don't know, you know, parent, parental guidance as well. That doesn't probably yeah. help if you don't have good parents. So what do we do? How do we nip all that antisocial behaviour in the bud? Because they, those kids all have problems. They don't yeah. know that, but we know that they have a problem. Well, first of all, it's like it's very easy for us to judge when we when we look at the news and see that it's like we all judge straight away. It's if someone says you don't judge, that's a judgment in itself. But it's not judging and just go, what is going on for that young flip? What is actually happening for him that he's behaving like this? You know, like he's struggling in some shape or form to fit in, or to be seen or heard that he never probably did in his own family. There's loads of really factors to to. 
it could be where he's grown up, his family, he could be being bullied and all of a sudden he's involved with this group that are on the street and they like him and yeah. he feels important and then he's fitting in and that's him then, do you know that kind of way? Yeah, so, yeah. he's getting attention, yeah. Yeah, it does it just like being be, be a bit more aware of what could be going on with these young fellas and these girls on the streets without judging um, and if, there's, if you ever get an opportunity to talk to them, it's like, what's actually happening for you? What's yeah. going on for you? Do you know, because I know as a teenager, I struggle with a lot of stuff myself and I'll never forget the first adult to ask me and I was in school, a teacher, what's actually wrong with you? Yeah. And I just cried and I was like, I'll tell you. Do you know? <laughs> do you want to, have, you got a, have you got an hour? <laughs> yeah, sit down yeah, there. Exactly. And yeah. do you find they I open up don't... to you? I mean, children that we were, are teenagers, that as you mentioned earlier on, the, the word scumbag and all that kind of stuff. So teenagers yeah. that we from the outside looking in, we say bad news, bad problem, they're evil little kids, they're criminals, they're all this kind of thing. But do you yeah. find when you sit down and talk to them, are they willing to open up and you do, you see that different side of them? Are they willing to uh, open up? Absolutely. They absolutely are. And you know what? No child was born bold. Circumstances had made them that way. Circumstances and situations that you've gone through in their life has made them that way. So God loves them. They sit in front of me and uh, they already have this macho thing that you have to be this way on the streets. And it's just like, well, all you want to know is that they are good. You know, the air, they haven't been told that they've been good. And there's so many other factors as well that I'm actually seeing a trend of. They're under, there's a lot of them that un, they're undiagnosed with stuff like ADHD is huge. Um, I've actually a fella that was 30 years of age. He's full of ADHD, but in school he was called bold. And on the streets he was called bold. His mum probably would have said he was bold because she didn't understand. So if the world is telling me you're bold, you're going to be bold. Yeah. And he was just, a, he was a great kid, but he was just full of ADHD. And for him to learn about his addiction was first of all to learn about his ADHD, to learn about what, how he actually works in his own mind, how he reacts and stuff like that. And it, it's changed his whole, um, his whole life because he understands himself now. And that's a and has he turned, has that particular individual now turned his life around? He's doing amazing. He rings me every couple of weeks to let me know he's still doing great. And they're the stories that still bust me heart and makes me my job worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, they, yeah. And all it is, it's just being misunderstood. That's just one prime example, you know? So there's loads of different factors that we have to think of, really, don't we? Yeah, well, I suppose the, the message we're getting tonight is keep an eye on your kids. Uh, don't just yeah. don't just leave the phone to babysit them. Um, keep, keep an eye on them and be always conscious of you if you feel they're suffering from anxiety. And I suppose... Talking yeah. is, the, is the main thing we've learned, isn't it? And you know what? Always watch your child's behaviour. If they're not talking, their behaviour will always tell you everything. So yeah. if, if, if I can give that to any parent that's listening to me, their behaviour will tell you everything. If they're not behaving the way they normally, there's something not right with them. So they take the phone off and communicate and talk and talk until, until you can get it out of them. Because you probably don't know how to say it, but their behaviour tells you everything. Well, listen, it's been lovely talking to you, Catherine. Oh, thank you, and thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Now, you've got your own private practice, by the way. Do you have a website or something that people can go to to get information? Or I don't know. I'm just on the Long Mile Road. Um, I just do my own private practice, or else I do be in a side walking in the rehab. So, okay. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I probably have on YouTube or the website, or, or not website, sorry, Google. If you Google me name, probably, but if not, You'll find me if you need me some shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> just, just shout and we'll find you. Catherine Noonan, she's a psychotherapist. She's based in Dublin. She's out on the long wild road if you're looking for her. And if you're looking uh, for any please. advice for your kids. Listen, yeah, thank you very uh, much indeed, Catherine. You. It's been a pleasure Take talking care. to you. See you. Uh, bye. Right, bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Uh,